People like to have fun during the holidays. You know what's not fun? Returning an ugly sweater. Don't give anyone an ugly sweater this year. Give choice gift cards from giftcards.com instead, and they can pick their own sweater from some of their favorite brands. It's genius. Hey there, welcome back to episode four of the Real Estate Baddie podcast, where I like to talk about real estate, entrepreneurship, and current events. I am your host, Tabitha Richardson, and today we're going to talk about house hacking and how you can live for free. So stay tuned, hurry back, and we're gonna jump into this topic. House hacking 101 and how you can live for free. So if you have ever thought about going into real estate investing, like many of my past clients and just people that I meet are interested in real estate investing, there's like a little curiosity and hmm, how can I make some extra money in real estate? And real estate is really, really hot right now. So it has a lot of people considering this, but many people lack the knowledge and resources and the money in order to jump into real estate investing because let's face it, it can be expensive. But if you are living in a metropolitan area, you know that the cost of living has really gone up. The price to rent is gone up and the amount to purchase a property really has skyrocketed. And one of the reasons why there's a skyrocket in real estate values um, is because of COVID-19. Over the last couple of years with COVID-19 and people staying home more, they're realizing this place is just really too small for me to live here, work here, and virtual school my children. Many people jumped out and um, decided to sell their home and buy new homes. So it just really pushed the market and pushed the values up. So if you know buying a house right now is just a little bit too expensive for you, as well as maybe living in a nicer area, if you have limited income is a challenge, house hacking might actually be a great opportunity for you. It's really just hacking the system and getting other people to pay your housing expense. The goal of house hacking though is to have positive cash flow, enough to cover your mortgage expense, as well as maybe put a little extra cash in your pocket, right? So if you already have a home, you can still house hack. Before we jump into that, let me just tell you what house hacking is. So it's a new name that was um, created by someone on Bigger Pockets. Now, if you're not familiar with what Bigger Pockets is, it's a website community of a bunch of real estate investors where they share information, knowledge. Um, it's just a community of support for other real estate investors. So if you are a real estate investor or you're thinking about becoming a real estate investor, you might want to tap into that website and get a little bit more information on the area of real estate investing that you're interested in. 
because real estate investing is very, very vast. There's so many different ways to invest. House hacking is just one. And the reason I wanted to talk about house hacking is because it's an easy way for a novice investor to jump in. And it can help you if you have limited income. So in a nutshell, what house hacking is, is you buying a multi-unit property, renting out the units, and those renters pay their rent, which ultimately you use to pay the mortgage. See, it is an old concept, but it just has a new name and it has become really popular these days. And we'll talk about why that's so popular. So if you already have a house and you want to attempt to house hack, what you can do is you can renovate your basement and maybe add a kitchenette, a full bathroom and a bedroom if you have the space. And you can either move into the basement and rent out your other levels above ground or you can just renovate your basement and have a renter move there. Now, if you move into your basement and rent out the upstairs area, more than likely your upstairs area is going to have more square footage. More square footage means more rent that you can charge and the probability of getting the house uh, mortgage payment covered while you live for free in your basement. Another way that you can attempt to do house hacking in a home that you already own is for you to um, rent out your spare bedrooms. Now, it's not the most ideal for me, but for some people it might work. I'm not sure that I would wanna live amongst people that I don't know, but you know what may not work for me might work for you. And another thing you can do is potentially Airbnb your spare bedrooms. You can also Airbnb your um, apartment that you create as well. The possibilities are endless on how you can do that. But um, just remember, if you're uncomfortable living in close quarters with your tenant, that might not be the most ideal situation. Now, thinking about house hacking, let's break that down just a little bit further and figure out, is this right for you? Can this be something that you can implement soon? First, we're gonna talk about the pros and the cons of house hacking. First, the pros. The most obvious benefit of house hacking is, of course, that you have your mortgage payment covered and you live for free. Now, when you have your mortgage payment covered, you don't have to use the money that you normally would spend towards your housing expense, which is normally about 25 to 30%. You don't have to spend that towards paying your mortgage. So that money that you have saved, you can either just stack your savings or you can use that money to reinvest in stocks and bonds and you can triple or quadruple your money. You can use that extra money as seed money to start a business if that's your desire. Or you can use that money to pay down the mortgage faster. So if you're not aware, this is a little tip for you. If you get a 30-year mortgage and you have your principal and interest payment and that's set for 30 years, if you make one extra payment each year, so the 12 payments that you normally would make, and then you make a 13th payment 
Every single year, if you make a 13th payment, you can reduce that mortgage length from 30 years all the way down to 17 years. And then of course, if you're able to pay more than that, then you can reduce it even further. And this asset would truly become a debt-free asset for you. And it's an asset already because it becomes an income-producing property. But then if you have a debt-free asset, you can use that to leverage it to do other things. So I'm sure you can think of many different ways on how you can use the money that you save to benefit you. Now, let's talk about the cons because this will really decide if house hacking is right for you. Now, one con, and there's a few, I'm just gonna let you know it's a few, but one of them is being a landlord. Do you want to be a landlord now? I'm going to tell you from personal experience, I've had quite a few uh, rental properties and eventually I just got tired of doing it and I no longer rent out properties. But while it lasts, it was great, you know, residual income coming in each month. So first and foremost, be honest with yourself. Do you want to be a landlord? And if you don't want to be a landlord, that's fine. You have the potential of getting a property manager. But keep in mind, if you get a property manager, some of that money is going to um, come out of the rental income you, you get each month towards paying that property manager. And if you're okay with that, then great. Another con is living with your tenants. Not everyone wants to live in the same you know, um, facility as their tenants. And especially if they know that you are the homeowner because they, you know, they might constantly knock on your door, let you know that there's, you know, problems or issues, or have questions. So if you're uncomfortable with that, then maybe, you know, this, this way of real estate investing is not right for you. Another is you will be responsible for repairs and maintenance of the property. So you want to keep the value of the property up and you want to make sure that you're on top of repairs and maintenance. That will also mean that you need to have a little savings on the side to cover any of the repair and maintenance issues that may arise. And you also have to maintain the, you know, the community area, the areas like maybe hallways, you know, the lawn those type of ancillary expenses you will be responsible for. So ultimately, you know, you would want that to come out of the rent. You would have enough rent to cover those ancillary um, expenses. Another one is you're going to be responsible for collecting the rent. Now, not everybody is comfortable asking people for money. If that's you, there is, you know, a solution. There are a lot of companies and software services that you can use and set up and it you know, automatically deducts the rent payment from the client or just a portal where they can go in and they can make their rent payment. And once they make that payment, then it would be deposited automatically into your account. That too would be a cost to um, implement that if you're not comfortable asking people for money. Then, the one that most people wouldn't like to do is you may have to evict a tenant. So if a tenant is not paying the rent, then you're probably going to have to evict them at some point. And for a lot of people, they're uncomfortable doing this. But again, 
if you have a property manager, the property manager would take care of that for you. If you don't have a property manager, some property management companies will just do that portion for you. Um, they'll take care of the eviction process and, and go through um, going to the court, rent court and, and filing and doing all of that for you. But again, it comes with a cost if you get to that point. But if you, you know, if that's something that really makes you feel uncomfortable living in the same, you know, unit and having to tell somebody they need to, they need to leave might be uncomfortable for you. But if you have a property manager, no one even has to know that you are the owner of the building. You can just be another tenant living in the building just like everyone else. Another con would be sometimes your unit might be vacant and people move out, that's just a normal process. And if you're not able to fill that vacancy, then you might have a month or two without the rent coming in. So you would need to have a little savings to cover for the times that you have vacancies. Now, there is a company called rentrescue.com. Right now, they're not accepting applications. However, it is a service that allows you to get insurance. And it works just like any other insurance. You only use it when you need it if there's like a vacancy. Now, they shut down new applicants during COVID-19 because of the high amount of um you know, people that were vacating properties or they were staying there and not paying rent. So I'm sure once we get the, you know, rental situation under control, they'll be accepting new applicants again. There might be some other companies out there that you can research that may also do the same type of service that might be accepting applicants. So again, that's rentrescue.com. But right now, they're not accepting applicants, but I'll put that link in the description for you. Alrighty, those are the cons. Are you still interested in house hacking? You think it's right for you? Well, let's continue on. If you haven't decided yet, let's just continue on and see by the end of this episode, if you think that this is something that you can do. Now, if you don't own a property already and you're going to be looking for a property, here are some of the things you should look for when you're out looking for your perfect house hacking property. So one, making sure that the multi-unit is actually in fact zoned for multi-unit. You don't wanna buy a property and then later on find out it's not legally um, zoned as a multi-unit because it can really be a hassle to get a property rezoned and you don't want to go into the property and have to do that and then you have vacancies and you have to cover the cost of paying the mortgage yourself. Because remember, your, your goal is to not have to pay your housing expense and to get someone else to pay that. So we wanna try and you know be able to buy the property and hit the ground running, get it rented and get it going. Secondly, check the rental rates for the area. You can buy a property in a nice area, but maybe the rental rates are not that great. And you're gonna have to do a little math. I know most people don't like to do math, but it's better to do the math now than later figure out your dollars are not making sense. So do a little bit of math, 
figure out what the rental rates are for that area and based on your units, how many bedrooms and bathrooms in each unit, how much rent you can generate from that particular unit. If the property is already rented or recently was rented, you wanna get the rent roll from the current owner. You wanna find out what the expenses are for that property and maybe if they have a profit and loss statement for their property, you wanna just see what all of the expenses are to run the property and you know how much income it usually generates in the rent roll for the property. If you're working with a realtor, your realtor will help you in getting that information. Now, back to the rental rates. Now, if you need to figure out how much rent is um, generated in that area, you can either ask your realtor to pull those rental comps, or you can go to a web website called rentometer.com. Now, it's a site that's been around for a really long time. It used to be free, but I don't think it's free anymore. But what you do is you can sign up, and I believe you get a couple of addresses for free before you actually have to pay. So you would input an address and then you would input a, a rental amount that you're thinking about charging and it will pull up all of the rental rates in that area. So you can see how your rental amount is going to fall compared to other rentals in the area. Now, if your rent is too high, then it might take you longer to rent the units or if your rent is too low, then you may be leaving money on the table. You also have to keep in mind the condition of the property. So it, you can't get top dollar rent and you, you know, don't have a top dollar rental unit. So be mindful of that when you are considering the rental amount and the rate that you're willing to charge. But again, I'm going to put that link in the description for you so you can look that up. Again, the goal is to generate enough rent so that you can live rent-free, right? So we wanna make sure that we're doing our due diligence ahead of time so that when we get into this unit that we accomplish our goal of living and not having to pay any housing expense. The more units that you are able to get, the greater probability of accomplishing this and it lowers the risk some. So if you only get a two unit um, building and you're living in one and you rent out the other one, well, if that unit is vacant or if that person stops paying rent, that was the only source of rental income coming in. But if you're able to get a four unit property and you have three other people paying rent, if one of those units goes vacant, then at least you're still generating rent from the other two people. So it just reduces the amount of risk that you have with the more units that you are able to get. Last one, when you're looking for a property, make sure it's in a, a desirable area. You know, most people, and in, in you're going to live in this unit, so you're going to want it to be safe, right? And a lot of people look for good schools when they're looking to rent. They wanna be in an area that's safe, um, maybe shops that they can walk to and not necessarily have to drive, um, possibly public transportation, not too far if they don't have a car. So you just wanna just you know make sure that it is a desirable area that you would wanna live in and that other people would want to live in as well. Now, how are we going to do this? We've already figured out the pros and cons. 
We figured out what to look for in the property. Now we need to figure out how will we accomplish this. And basically, the great thing about this house hacking and why I think it's so good for someone that is just starting out in real estate investing and it is really a goal that you can accomplish is because you are going to live in the unit so it's going to be owner occupied and what does that mean well for financing it means that you're living there so you can qualify for loan programs like you know FHA and conventional VA um, you can qualify for loan programs that only require you to put a low down payment. It's not going to be considered a loan for an investor, which would require like 10 or 15 or 20 percent down. So just as if you were going to buy a one unit property that you would live in, like a regular single family house or a condo or a townhouse, you are allowed to buy a property with up to four units, the same terms if you were just buying a regular, regular single family home for you to live in. So that's the most awesome part about this whole thing. So just to recap that, you can get an FHA loan with only three and a half percent down, lower interest rates, lower down payment, and you get to up to four units to be able to finance. So that's something that you would want to talk to your lender about to see how that would work. Now, if you do decide to do this house hacking, let's look a little bit down the road on how this would benefit you. And if you decide to do this and it's like, wow, this was really awesome. I like doing this. I want to do it again. You only have to live in the house for one year and then you can do it all over again. You can house hack another property and move into one of the units and rent out the other units and then backfill the apartment that you were living in at the old property. So then now you'll have that investment property fully rented out and then now you'll start on a new house hack where you'll live in one of the apartments and rent out the other one. This is something that you can do over and over and over again and buy multiple properties as long as you're an owner occupant. So if you're interested in house hacking, in this type of real estate investing, and you wanna find out more about the financing aspect, well, make sure you hit the subscribe button because I'm going to have a guest, a loan officer, come on and talk a little bit more about how you can finance your house hack. Hit the notification button so you'll know when my new episodes drop. And don't forget to comment, like, and share this episode if you thought it brought you value. Comment below and let me know what you think about this episode. And thank you for watching. I will see you guys on the next episode. Hey, do you love a good story? Great. Then you got to check out the Hashtag Storytime podcast. Each episode brings you the craziest, creepiest, and cringiest stories from YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, and beyond. My story is about the time that I was broken up with at the 9-11 memorial uh, twice. Look, the internet is a dumpster full of stories. And I, your host, Will McFadden, dive in headfirst, sift through the flaming trash, and bring you nothing but treasures. Listen to all 21 episodes of Hashtag Storytime now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.